Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this year are pro athletes this time of year, right? And and the people at Bet Online. With the NFL, the bowl season, and, and the NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't a taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to second odds, news, and, and all the information you need. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available to you, both in your desktop or your mobile access. So head there today to get into the action. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. Bienvenidos, sangrones. So we estamos en vivo, and joining us are la princesa de Picolandia, Alicia Del Valle. Uh, we have Alonzo here. We have the insider, Cody Snavely, aka Canelo. Um, we got a we got a we got a flu game going on here, guys. Uh, Alonzo is pulling a Michael Jordan. La princesa de Picolandia is not a hundred percent either, but. We're here for you people. We're here because we want to make sure that uh, you know you are entertained. Are you not entertained? And let's uh, let's hi let's say hi to the people that are already on. Nando was Friedman not wow? Nando's just coming in straight with with, with the questions. You know, let let's get into it. All right, Nando, I'm going to go back to your question. But Jose Ayala, saludos, carne asada, listening from Bakersfield. I've missed your show. We missed you, Jose, because you're the only one that gives us money, Jose. You're the one that's contributing to our fun to Seoul, Korea. So we can't thank you enough. Michael Carrillo, hola. Simeon, hey, guys, uh, watching the Seoul while waiting for my bacon-wrapped hot dogs. All right, look at that. Perros peligrosos for Simeon. Hot dog, hot dog, sports empire. Hey, I, Alonzo, you missed it, but uh, Sports Empire made it an Akeem the African Dream reference on the on the last show. So he is the common man, and the common man approves bet online. June Sal, good evening to you. Uh, Michael Carrillo Juan, do good things happen when you're not around? Pretty much, yes. That's exactly. I take one for the team, Michael. There, I am called the Prince of Darkness for a reason. So while all of you go, well, why doesn't Juan show up? Because that's how much I love the Dodgers. I go out there and I jump on the grenades so good things happen. Uh, oh, look, the VP, el presidente de la comunidad de guapos is on. Carlos Sanchez, ¿cómo estás, Carlos? Dennis Gonzalez, buenas noches, everybody. Austin, good evening to you. Simeon, I have to read this because Simeon said, the Raiders are doing great. How about the Raiders, huh? If they would have fired that, if they would have fired that guy earlier, they might have had a chance to make the playoffs. Abraham, buenas noches, my friend. All right, let's get into it with Nando. Nando coming straight 
in here with was Friedman not there today because he's cooking more trades. Nando is referring to the Yamamoto press conference. You know who was there, Nando? Yes, Andrew Friedman was not there, but Babyface was there. Babyface, jump on here. I want to know what was the difference between this press conference and the Shohei press conference? Difference was probably about 150 media members not being there. Um, I don't know if it was because of the short notice. I mean, it went out about 12, but there was kind of reports since early in the week that it was going to be today. And then it got to like 11, 12, and still nothing. Finally, they sent out that he was officially signed and then the uh, the media for the, the conference. So, I mean, it was less people, um, but still, you know, still a pretty decent amount of people that showed up media for this. So people were able to show up and they got to see Yamamoto for the first time. And um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, everybody, everybody there is excited. I mean, this is a new, definitely a new era for Dodger baseball. Right. Um, and I think, um, and you know, Roberts was saying, you know, he's, he's ready to go. I mean, I mean, we're a couple of days from January, right. And then spring training right around the corner. So it, it's pretty much go time. I want to go to the Princesa because the Princesa has the background in the media. So she knows how these things work. Princesa, Babyface brought up that this was just sprung with very, very short notice. There was about two to three hours notice, I think, is what they gave the media. Right, Babyface? Yeah, I think we got the notice like at 12 or right before 12. Princesa, did they do that on purpose because they were trying to limit the circus that was Otani? Or is it just not realistic to expect that there was going to be as much media for Yamamoto as there was going to be for Otani? I mean, I would say this is a news dump, but you're the expert. You tell me, Princesa. Well, expert is is generous. Thank you. Um <laughs> Since sports is entertainment and news is now infotainment, there's no such thing. I mean, hard news is, it's bye-bye. Um, I think it might be a little both. I mean, you guys would know more than I, because Roger, Juan, Canelo, you guys are there as the press more often than I am, right? I go as a fan. I don't know why, why they would have it. Okay, here's the thing. Friedman wasn't there. I don't think maybe they, the Dodgers were trying to limit <clears throat> the eyeballs on how it would not be anything like Otani, right? So you, there's no, there's not going to be any negative press about this press conference. It's just, hey, he's here. It, it, in no way could it rival Otani's, right? They're still going to slowly roll him out, I suppose. So maybe they just didn't want any kind of negative press on how small it would be on how there weren't going there wasn't going to be a huge turnout. So let's just, you know, calmly quietly have this and that way it won't get compared to Otani's press conference in any way. They did everything opposite. Um, right. but I still don't know why Friedman wouldn't be there. I don't know what's coming. Maybe is there something coming where they just wanted to hurry up and get this press conference over with? What do you think? Well, let's well, go to the the insider Canelo. Real quick one, what yes, I, I heard officially the reason it, it kind of got sprung late was, I guess, because it was trying to get approved. You know, people were out, you know, because of the holiday and stuff like that. So it barely got approved, like, you know, kind of maybe today. And that's when they sprung it. Um, so that that's kind of the official explanation. But, yeah, no Friedman was there. I mean, there's been rumors of, of a trade, right? So maybe Friedman's doing something 
somewhere else. Canelo, you're the insider. You tell me, where is Andrew Friedman? Where is his robe? Yeah, I mean, you look at the facts. You know, they did spring up the press conference pretty much out of nowhere. I mean, me and Roger were going back and forth today where I was like, hey, look, this guy says that there's a conference. Japanese media said that there was supposed to be a conference today at this time all week. You haven't heard anything. I haven't seen anything. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting that Andrew Friedman wasn't there, especially for the largest contract guaranteed money-wise to a starting pitcher in the history of the sport. Um, you would think the leader of the Dodgers front office, Andrew Friedman, would be there, just like how they all were there for the Otani press conference as well. So um, it could be a thing, like Roger said, you know, maybe like he's away on holiday right now or <laughs> they they sprung it up super late because it just took so long to get approved. But um, I'm going to assume that it's because Andrew Freeman's probably doing some things behind the scenes um, just because I don't think the Dodgers really wanted to just outright DFA somebody. Um, I think they would rather get value back for some of these guys because, you know, they did DFA Brian Hudson, left-handed reliever, had a really good year in AAA last year. Um, some team's going to pick him up sooner than later, um, and he probably won't cl clear waivers for the Dodgers. So um, that's going to be something to look at. Alonzo, um, the fact that everybody knows there's a numbers crunch on this Dodgers roster, that there's 40 people, 40 men already full. So even if they want to sign somebody, we're going to have the same thing again. They're going to have to wait because they're going to have to make room on the roster. So do you buy into this? I, I agree with Canelo in the sense, I think they wanted to make a trade, but all the other 29 teams know the Dodgers are up against it. So it doesn't that hurt them when they're negotiating for a trade? Not really. I mean, if you think about it, it's the holidays and that's a part of it, right? Like everyone, I mean, I'm, I'm not going back to work until January 8th. So, I mean, that's, that's just kind of how it is because of the grind. Right. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, business is still happening, but even then business is still not happening. Right. There's still other dominoes that need to fall. And, given that what that is there's other teams that need to make moves as well so i don't think i don't think it's anything more than the timing of it is just around the holidays and all that and and i mean stan Caston said it you know they're always working they're going to continue to work and that they're not you know hiding anything there's no you know smoke and mirrors you know they're they're obviously actively trying to make other moves so be that as it may, whether it happens now or after the first of the year, I don't think it really matters because your roster doesn't have to be official until April anyway. All right, let's go back to the comments. LC, estamos pobres. Saludos from Modesto, California. Oh, from Modesto. Damn, LC. That's close to my birthplace. Uh, shout out to Merced, everybody. Uh, Michael Carrillo, Juan, I saw Iron Claw on Monday. It was pretty great. Michael Carrillo, that is on my list. We were actually going to see it, but I heard that it is one of the most depressing movies in the world, and I was not going to take my wife, who is not a wrestling fan, to go see The Iron Claw because I hear grown men are crying at the end of that movie, even though I have seen all the hoopla with the Ric Flair scene. So, Michael Carrillo, you tell me about that Ric Flair scene. Carlos Sanchez, todo bien, my friend. Uh, el presidente de la comunidad de guapos. Uh, Simeon, uh, Alicia, your Rams are doing great, too. Yeah, Alicia, you were just at the Rams game. Are you feeling yourself? I think uh, the Rams are probably going to make the playoffs, right, Alicia? Yeah, they're on their way. And I like and appreciate the Rams shout-out from Dennis Gonzalez as well. Rams house, 
And I love how they referenced the Otani bump, you know, I mean, I run in the same circles as Shohei, obviously. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. She was there. She was there when Otani was there. So it happens. Uh, LC, uh, it's because we're waiting for him to see what he got first. We know what Otani has done. Doom Sal Yamamoto's speech was amazing and surprised everyone with his English. All right. Uh, let, let's go there because I've gotten all I've seen is rave reviews on Yamamoto's press conference. And of course, the fact that he started off in, in English, everybody loves it. And I think he said everything everybody wanted to say. He wants to win. It's all about winning. Canelo, he left out the important part, which is he has the largest contract that's ever been hand, handed out to a pitcher. So money wise, he did pretty good for himself. But what were your overall impressions with Yamamoto in this press conference? I mean, I it's like the Otani thing. You know, he he's gonna say all the 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 common things that everybody says when they're in their in, introductory press conference. You know, he wants to win. He always wanted to be here. But I still think there's a little bit more truth in that because you know we've all we've all saw the reports that were saying yeah he grew up a Dodgers fan. Um, he even mentioned during the the press conference that he went to a Dodgers playoff game, got to see Dodgers legend Kenta Maeda pitch a game. So. Um, I do think that went into some of his decision. Like he was going to get paid regardless. The Dodgers just showed that need that they wanted him and he wanted to come here as well because, you know, there was unofficial reports saying that the Mets also off like matched that offer um, and he chose to go to the Dodgers. So and, and it goes to the thing that I put out a, a couple of days ago. I, I said, you know, the three Dodgers big like offseason signings, you know, you got Tyler Glass down the trade extension, Shoei Otani, and now Yamamoto. It seems like all three either grew up Dodger fans and then they all wanted to be here at some point in their career. And if that doesn't get you excited for what we're going to look forward to in the next couple months, um, I don't know what will. Princess, I'm coming at you with Michael Carrillo's question because I think this is a very interesting question and I would love to see the Dodgers do this. Michael Carrillo, do you guys think the Dodgers are going to get a full-time Japanese broadcasting team? You own this team, Princesa. Would you do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, yes. And I think there was somebody, someone here on the comments brought up an actual broadcasting station. I mean, maybe Canelo knows it better than I do. It was a three letter. I'm assuming. Uh, Dennis Gonzalez came in with NHK broadcasting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, don't you guys think so? Doesn't it make sense? And um, whether or not they have an official, there was going to be press here if within Southern California and outside, you know, all covering these games, whether or not the Dodgers do it officially. So if there's money to be made, you know, with sponsorships and stuff, it's going to happen. <laughs> Look at that. The ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Raider, Philip Lopez feeling himself right now. What's up, familia? Uh, let's see here. Steven Guerrero. What's up? Beautiful people. Nando Yamamoto seemed like a very confident guy. He's got fire in him. Alonzo, you have been very big on Yamamoto. It, what you saw on that press conference is that what you, it, it seems like this Dodger team is going to be very, very different. I yeah. feel like Otani already looks different compared to how he was with the angels, the way Otani's carrying himself. I mean, Yamamoto came in with that suit and he had, and he was so well-groomed and all that stuff. What in terms of like swagger, what does Yamamoto bring to the Dodgers? 
Well, I mean, there's there's been reporting that he wanted to play under the brightest of lights, right? And obviously that's why the Yankees were in on him, you know, the Dodgers obviously. But I mean, he wanted to go where the lights would be the brightest. And obviously the place to, you know, realistically win a championship when you look at it on paper, it is the Dodgers, right? Especially after the Shohei Otani acquisition that that kind of changes everything. But I mean, when you bro, he's for real. Like if you look at his numbers, you look at his stuff, arguably if not the best pitcher to come out of the, the the Japanese league, one of the best Japanese pitchers to ever come out of that league, and it's the second best league in the world. He's got stuff that's going to really, really translate well to the majors. There's going to, I mean, there's going to be a curve, a learning curve, right? Because, like I said, it's the second best league in the world, and it's not. It there's that big of a jump, but I mean, there's guys that have played here that played over there that were like, "Whoa, this guy." It's, it's better than the Mexican league, Alonzo. Oh, yes, yes, it is better than the Mexican I regret to inform you of that, Juanito, I'm sorry. <laughs> sad times, sad times. It's also better than AAA here in the States, but I digress. Um, but, again, I mean, the way that he carries himself, I mean, the thing is with guys that, that don't speak English as a first language, let's be let's be frank. You're, you're going to one of the biggest media markets in, in the country, right, Los Angeles. For him to come out and have that sort of oppressor where he's speaking a language that he's not comfortable with, is huge because he's letting you know, Hey, I'm comfortable with, with what I'm doing. I want this to translate well, because a lot of the reason that like the show, Hey thing, why he has a translator, he doesn't want anything to get lost in translation. That's straight up the reason he's fluent in English. Uh, he just doesn't want anything to kind of get mixed up, but granted they're on different platforms, right? Shohei's here. Yamamoto's here. That's going to gradually change over the next little while. I don't think he'll be as big as Otani, but I mean, that platform's going to massively change with like how Alicia was talking about, there's going to be all sorts of press that comes from Japan. So you have the best, the two best Japanese players in the last decade, at least here potentially ever. And it's going to kind of change, you know, the dynamic of everything But be that as may, my man went out there and, and was letting it was kind of putting everyone on notice. Hey, I'm comfortable with what I, with who I am and I'm going to go out there and do the thing. And I respect that if I'm completely honest with you. Uh, let's go back to the chat. Simeon coming in here. Are the Dodgers still going to sign Kershaw? Uh, Canelo, it really feels like to me, and look, this still, I mean, you and I both agree. We don't think Kershaw is going to pitch this year just because of, of health concerns, but it really, this team just feels different. It just feels it is no, it, it has passed Kershaw. I like, look, I can still see Kershaw being signed in the summer if he can, but this feels like it is a completely I have to tell you, I, I hope I expect that Mookie is going to have a huge season because I don't think Mookie now has to be the face of the Dodgers anymore. To me, it's Otani. Like, so the guys like all of a sudden it's that classic meme, right? Where the guy's looking back at the other girl, they're looking back at Federico and Mookie and Kershaw and everybody is focusing on Otani and Yamamoto. Am I wrong there, Canelo? No, yeah, and Roger brought it up earlier as well. You know, it really does seem like it's a changing of the guard. You know, a lot of the players that I grew up watching, like they are no longer on the team. Um, a lot of the players that everyone in this chat is watching, they aren't on the team either. And we really thought last year was like the switch, like of the new chapter, um, but it really got put into full throttle this offseason where, um, like you mentioned, you know, Kershaw, it doesn't really look like he has a spot on the team. Although to make Alicia happy, I do think he will 
he will resign. Um, Eric Steven from True Blue LA kind of put out an article a couple weeks ago. Um, they may wait to sign him until the 60-day IL opens. And then once that goes in effect, they can sign him and he won't take up a 40-man roster spot. So that's been the whole thing. And the reason why they're not signing guys left and right is because they have to go through so many hurdles to clear roster spots because their roster is extremely full. Like even now with the the assigning official of Yamamoto, uh, the 40-man is is full again. Uh, but he says, I'm going to let you come in on this because I know you're chomping at the bit. You, yeah. No one is a bigger fan than Kershaw than you. But even I think the last time we talked about this, you were getting a vibe that this is a new era in Dodger yeah. baseball. Right. I did acknowledge that. I'm aware of what it looks like and I'm reading the, the tea leaves. But just because I can see what's happening, you know, being a realist is not the same as being the baseball romantic I am. I want Kershaw to resign. So Merry Christmas and thank you for that acknowledgement, Cody. I appreciate that. That You're welcome. Lifted my spirits a little bit because I can see in the comments that a lot of people don't care or don't want Kershaw back. And one, I want to bring up something you mentioned just a few moments ago. You think Mookie is going to have an amazing season. He had an amazing season this yeah. past season. And if he's going to, you know, top that, awesome. Again, Dodger fans, so spoiled. However, the postseason. That's where I want to see Mookie. Why you got to bring up old shit, Alicia? Why you got to bring up old shit? (laughs) Alonzo, am I wrong there in the sense that it really does take, let's say, the duties of being the ambassador of the team and Mookie can just focus on baseball? And before you guys come at me in the chat with the bowling comments, the man can do both. He's an elite athlete. He can do whatever. But am I wrong in thinking that this will liberate? And, and Alicia's right. He had a great season last year. And wouldn't it be scary if Mookie was even better this year? I mean, you have Otani in the lineup now. No, I, th- I mean, I think I think you're right. I think Mookie and Freddie are going to have banana seasons. I, I, I mean, having a guy like Shohei in the lineup definitely changes how you approach that lineup anyway. But then you throw in the fact that he's protected on both sides, right? Because, like, let's not forget, there's a guy that's not a scrub that's probably going to be on the other side of him, and it's Max Muncy. So he's protected kind of all over in the lineup. So I think, ultimately, I think Shohei does – one thing Shohei does really well, and I don't think he gets the credit for it, he reminds me a lot of David Beckham. And what I say that is David Beckham was under the microscope, right? Like, everything that dude did, whether he was driving out on Melrose with his family in a convertible – or if he was just going to Nobu to get a dinner, like he had paps all over him. Shohei kind of takes that in stride and doesn't really complain about it because he understands what comes with it. With that, like when you already have other superstars on the team, because let's not forget Freddie, Mookie, like those guys are superstars, right? Class now potentially going to be a superstar. Yamamoto is probably going to be a superstar. And if they go out and get some of these other guys, I mean, they're pretty well-known names, right? So it, it, what what Shohei does is he does definitely take the burden off because at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to be Otani time all over the place, right? It's mm-hmm. just going to be enhanced than, than when it was in Anaheim. And I still think it's hilarious that Shohei was in Anaheim for six years and everyone's pretending like he just got here. <laughs> like, yep. no one, like, That's what I said. I was like, <laughs> but it makes no sense to me 
like how how that's a thing. Be that as it may, though, this is where we're at. It right feels now. like he was in the witness protection program down it there. Really does. It really does. And I don't understand that because it's not like he was that far away to begin yeah. with. And so, so I mean, obviously, the, the Dodgers are a higher profile, you know, a, a team, right? I mean, sure, Yamamoto said it. You know, this is a prestigious organization. It's a legendary organization, right? And so, so I think, but the point is, Shohei is definitely going to take the burden off of some of those guys. And I think it's going to be very well received because all Mookie and Freddie really have to do is just produce. And you're 100% right, though. The regular season, these dudes are going to be insane, right? They're going to win 100, 105 games. That's cool. What matters, though, is in the postseason. That's when it's going to matter absolutely the most. And, and I still think it's funny. My favorite thing that, you, that Shohei did is in that press conference when he was introduced, he basically insinuated he's never played in a postgame series ever and so he hasn't well i mean he played the one game right but he he still went at it like i have never been to the postseason and that's why i'm what i'm here to do am i missing it what was the one game he played in it was the one wild card game he when were the angels in the wild card game didn't they play the one wild card game somebody fact check me because i'm old age is starting to affect me they haven't Uh, made the playoffs since 2014 say it again they haven't made the postseason since 2014. Oh, you're correct. You're correct. You I'm played sorry. in the WBC, which was a close. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. felt like the moment. I mean, I I remember seeing that, and that 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 was a great moment. Forgive me, I have the flu, so please forgive me. It's a flu game, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for Alonzo. So have mercy on him. But either way, if you have if you have that dude there, and he's going to take the burden off of you, it doesn't matter if you're. I mean, and I do think Clayton Kershaw is going to come back at some point, just because it. it I I mean, Texas is going to be a good team. They're still going to be good. But this is the team that you would, I would want to play for over Texas to win now, right? If if my legacy is winning and and a lot of people say, hey, he needs one more, then this is the team to do it on. Even if it's an abbreviated season, hey, man, do what you got to do at the end of the day. Like if you, if that means you come in, like how Cody said, when that 60 day window opens and you only have to pitch for three months, Pitch for three months because then you're going to be healthy to go and win the chip. Why not? Absolutely. Let's go back to the comments. Uh, Steven Guerrero, ya vamos a empezar con cosas. Raiders suck and so does Philip. Come on. He's the ghost of Al Davis. You know, he's Mr. Raider. Let him enjoy his moment. Wait, has uh, Philip Ra- been catching strays still since I've been away? Yeah, pretty much. But you okay. know what? Let him have his moment. The Raiders won. They beat the they Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs. I mean, the they Chiefs beat are the broken. Chiefs. You know, it was a historic moment. Um, Dan Inspiration, Friedman probably working on a deal. Michael Carrillo. I think Michael Carrillo was right. Friedman was probably on vacation with his family. This was probably a scheduled vacation because it's the holidays. No one is expecting to do anything. And his wife, who probably never sees him, was like, oh, hell no, you're not canceling or rescheduling this. We are going on vacation. You have to do family time. So, Michael Carrillo, I agree with you. Was but Jose Ayala, Casted was yeah. there. Casted was, was at the press conference. Uh, Jose Ayala, I think he has a good theory. Friedman was probably a little food sick from eating too many tamales. Absolutely. LC, <laughs> he's working on getting Randy Rice Arena. Look. I, I would love to get the Botas de Poder, but I just don't see it happening anymore. I think that ship has sailed. Um, look at the ghost of Al Davis coming back. Raiders defense is on fire. Haters welcome. There you go. There you go. Uh, the ghost of Al Davis waiting on the Dodgers to sign or trade for another pitcher this offseason. LC, yeah, I know. Modesto's 30 minutes from Merced. That's that's my, my place of birth. 
Um, oh, the ghost of Al Davis. Glad Juan was able to join the live today. Not like the last time. Hey, look, like Michael Carrillo says, good things happen when I'm not on the show. LC right there with a Raiders and the autumn wind. Um, okay. Let's see. What do we have any questions here? Um, let's see here. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves with the 2025 pitching rotation guys i just want to get through 2024 lc any word on dodgers fan fest 2024 and who will be attending uh babyface come in here uh have they announced anything about fan fest if fan fest is going to happen the bleed Lost podcast will be there but babyface do you have any updates on fan fest it usually gets announced in june maybe the first week kind of like a save the date and then probably won't get information until like maybe like two weeks prior to that i mean sorry not june january <laughs> there you go uh, <laughs> let's see here uh jose ayala julio urias never learned english i don't know jose i i think i think julio knew english but was pulling a show hey i think it was one of those things where and i mean that guy already got in trouble anyways i don't think that guy wanted to open his mouth to get himself into any type of trouble Look at Manny Ramirez all those years. That that dude spoke perfect English, but he always had a translator. Oh, exactly. If anybody knows the Manny Ramirez story, doesn't know the Manny Ramirez story, look it up. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of players do that. Even you, Darvish. You, Darvish, perfect English, and he still uses the translator. El Presidente de la Comunidad de los Guapos. Any update on Dustin May? Uh, I don't think Dustin May is going to pitch next year. Canelo, do you have any information on, on Dustin May? I mean, all the vague stuff that we got from Brandon Gomes and anyone else in the Dodgers front office. I mean, I believe when he had his surgery last year, they projected him to hopefully be back sometime in 2024. But when a guy has multiple surgeries, like this was repairing a flexor tendon, like it, it like also le- like going towards his Tommy John area, you know, like all that. Um I would be shocked if he did make his debut next year. I don't think it would be in a starting role. Um, if he comes back and they want to try to put him in the bullpen again, I mean, I guess go for it. But um, you see, we've seen what they've done with the, these pitchers now. It looks like they don't want to rush them back like Walker Bueller. It looks like they're going to push him back a little bit. There's no rush to bring Tony Gonsolin back any, any quicker than they, are, they have planned. But um, if Dustin May comes back and he wants to be uh, in that hybrid starter relief role in the latter half of the season and he's fully healthy. That's a huge pickup. I mean, cause he's got some nasty stuff and, and Juan, you you've probably said it before, I believe where he kind of profiles better as a reliever. And, and that's probably the trajectory his career is going to go now, because for whatever reason, it just seems like he doesn't have the health to be a starting pitcher. Yeah. And it's too bad because I think that guy has filthy stuff. That dude's nasty. He has filthy stuff. Uh, Dennis Gonzalez, in superhero terms, Dodgers got Voltron and Ultraman with Shohei and and Yoshi. I love the Voltron reference, uh, Dennis Gonzalez. I want to give uh, credit to Colin Colin Cowherd. He's the one that came with the comparison that the Dodgers are doing in Ocean's Eleven. Uh, basically just, and I, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, we haven't even gotten into the pressure that the Dodgers are going to feel to win the world series, because if they don't win the world series, we're, we're not going to hear the end of it. Uh, Jose Ayala, I agree with Kershaw era has passed. I hope he comes back, but I feel that there will be no 
need to bring him back. It's going to be interesting because if they do end up signing another pitcher, like Canelo says, is there even a spot for Kershaw? Uh, but we all know injuries happen, and that's, to me, the bigger concern. Sports Empire, Mookie Friedman had their time and did nothing. Now it's time for them to sit back and watch Otani take over. Thank you, Kershaw, but your services are no longer needed. That's why, you know, Sports Empire is just like, he brings the sweetness to the show, you know? <laughs> he He's very polite with people, so I, I, I love that. Dennis comes on as he wants Kershaw back. Oh, Kevin Dodgers Guerra, our friend from New Jersey, giving us uh, contributing to our Korea fund. New York Yankee fans are bitter. Yama gives me Maeda vibes. Look, if it's the Maeda who pitched in the playoffs in relief, I will I will take that. I will absolutely take that. Uh, the ghost of Al Davis. I'm a big Kershaw fan, but this is now Otani's team, and they've made some massive moves to make a bigger statement to MLB. The Dodgers aren't messing around. I really hope they win two to three World Series. Uh, look, this is what it's all about, people. M.M. Kershaw has never produced when under pressure. Look, guys, let's not kick the guy when he's down. I mean, he's injured. He did carry. I mean, the reason why he has back problems is because he carried the Dodgers during the regular season. And he also had to deal with Don Mattingly as his manager in the postseason. So he deserves credit for that. Um Let's see here. El Presidente de los Guapos, uh, after the Astros robbed Kershaw, I need him to have two rings. I, look, I think it, that's the way, that's the story, right? That's the ending to the story. You want Kershaw to get another ring and walk off into sunset, into the sunset that way. Uh, uh, the ghost of Al Davis, Kershaw going to have half a season to work with just like 2020 and be legit this year. Look, Roger Clemens did this, guys. I, and I think he did it for more than one season. Uh, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong there, Canelo, right? I mean, there was a period there. I think he, he did, did it back three to seasons. He, three seasons. He started so. pitching in the middle of the year. Yeah, so, or he was just on the IL for such an extended period of time that you could chalk it up that he only pitched like three quarters or a half a year. Okay, let's go to the ghost of Al Davis. Do you see us as a threat? In the in the AL with the current signings this offseason so far, I don't know what you mean by that, Ghost of Al Davis. I, what, what do you mean as a threat? You mean, is there anyone in the American League that you think can beat the Dodgers? If that's the case, I turn to Canelo. Canelo. If I mean, I really just want to worry about the National League first because it seems like the Dodgers are having their own issues just getting through that gauntlet. Um, in terms of the American League, I mean, if things go right with their pitching – and they added Juan Soto. The Yankees look like they're poised to go back to being the evil empire they are. The Astros are always in the mix. The Orioles I really like. You know, I'm, I'm from the area. I'm on the East Coast. Um, they are a very young group that is probably hungry to win, but a lot of them are going into their sophomore year. Do they? Are they going to take a little bit of a decline? We don't know yet. Um, I would say my ideal world series, which would be MLB's ideal world series would be the Dodgers versus Yankees. Um, that would be an all time classic, but I, I feel like the Yankees are probably the most aggressive team right now in the American league. And they really haven't really done much either. I feel like we have to kind of fathom how aggressive the Dodgers have been this off season in terms of dollars spent and players brought in because 
there's still teams that the only thing that they've done this offseason is give their manager $40 million, and they haven't yeah. done anything. So just be happy that the Dodgers are being aggressive. Hopefully they can just get through the National League first before we start worrying about the American League. Jose Ayala is the patron saint of the Bleed Lows podcast because he just did another super chat. Will we see more super teams in the making? That's interesting because I don't know if super teams happen in baseball. Alonzo, uh, look, the Dodgers are just a completely different animal because there was a lot of complaining that the Dodgers are ruining baseball and what they're doing. But aren't the Dodgers just doing what their fans want them to do? They make a lot of money. You need to spend that money and put it back in the team, and you have to do everything possible to win. And I can honestly say that not every team in Major League Baseball does the same thing. Ask our brothers and sisters up in Oakland, you know, how they feel about a billionaire owner and how he runs that team. Uh, Alonzo, do you think they will be super teams formed to try to compete with the Dodgers in the future? I mean, brothers and sisters in Vegas now. That It, it kind of fucked me up a little bit because when I was at Alley Giant uh, last weekend, they were advertising the Las Vegas A's. I was like, whoa, this is real. Um, listen, man, I mean, super teams in baseball are tough. And, I mean, we saw – I mean, we, we talked about them a minute ago, the Astros in that 08 to whatever. I think it was 08 to 13 or something like that, like run. I mean, they went out and got petted. You know, they had Roger Clemens. They had Roy Oswald. You know, Lance Berkman was on. I mean, they had dudes on that team. And and even then, a super – I mean, you cannot buy a championship in baseball. Like, let's just get that out there right now. In, in my opinion, the hardest championships to win in all of sports, the World Series, the Final Four, the college football playoff. Those are probably the hardest – the three hardest championships to win of, of, of all of them. And I know two of them are in college, but still, I mean, just the way that they're set up, it's hard. Um. I, I mean, and even then, dude, I mean, the Phillies have spent a lot of money. The Braves have gone out and spent a bunch of money the right way. The what I'm saying, well, the, and, and I'm getting to the Mets. The Mets, <laughs> I think what's what's interesting with the Mets is I feel like like Steve Cohen thought he could just throw a bunch of money at dudes and they would just take it. And we saw that with Yamamoto, and he didn't take the money, right? And and granted, you're up against the 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 conglomerates of the Yankees and the Dodgers. Like those are two storied franchises. Not to say that the Mets are not a storied franchise, but if, if it were me in that free agency, I'm not even listening to the Mets. I'm just listening to the Yankees and to the Dodgers. I mean, that's just from a baseball fan, like Alicia says all the time that likes to romanticize the game of baseball. Those are the two teams I'm listening to, but I'm still kind of confused on how people are saying that this is bad for baseball because this is what anyone would want their team to do. Like, instead of going out there, like you said, and just sitting on the money, they're going and investing it. And, I mean, we talked about it ad nauseum after the playoff loss that the philosophy needed to change. Let's not forget, this is an organization that let Corey Seager walk. This is an organization that did not lock up Trey Turner. Those are two of the best at their positions in the last decade. And the money that they saved on those guys, they were able to, to throw at Otani, throw at Yamamoto, throw at Tyler Glass now. And those are going to be kind of the linchpins of your, of your team for the next five to seven years. From there, they're still not done. They're still trying to go out and, and, and move pieces that they have to go out and do that. So I just don't understand how this is bad for baseball because this is – if I was a sports fan of any other fan, you know, of any sort, 
this is what I would want my team to do. Hey, go out and I mean, because yeah, the Michelada is going to be $97. Like that's going to suck. So Alicia's ranch water is going to be $69. But at the same time, the team, the, this is what we wanted as fans, right? We wanted this. We wanted, you know, the fan base wanted Otani. The fan base wanted the best available free agents. And the Dodgers have delivered. And they're still not done. Yeah, that's going to be La Princesa's kombucha now is going to be $69 at the stadium. The fact that they're going to have kombucha now at the stadium, La Princesa is going to wipe that place out. We, we have a question for... Real Go quick, ahead, baby face. On, on what Alonzo was saying on that narrative that it's ruining baseball. Like, so I was thinking, like, I want to know which owners like are the richest owners, right? Because my thing is, like, if you own a baseball team, you're not poor, right? No. I mean, the, the, the team no. may act poor. I mean, if... if these guys are billionaires, right? And if they weren't making money, guarantee you they're not going to continue to own this team, right? So, yeah. so I looked, I, I looked up ranking like owners, right? Like, and this list only goes to eighteen. It was from Yahoo, like earlier in the year. You know who's at eighteen? It's the the Seattle Mariners owner John Stanton. He's worth one point one billion. So this is eighteen, and this is the Mariners, the team that doesn't necessarily spend money, right? So you also have tied for eighteenth is the Pittsburgh Pirates owner Robert Nuding. 1.1 billion pirates don't spend money right no but they got one of the richest owners right um i mean but you just go down this list you have the a's owner on there right the orioles on there the tigers on there and these are teams that do not spend money and they're like within the top 10. so this is if you're a fan of these teams this is your ownership that doesn't want to spend money it's not about the dodgers just kind of, you know running away with it or, or whatever spending all the money they have it's those other teams they don't want to do it they just pocket that money and we lived through the McCourt era, right? We know what it's like for yes. an owner not to want to spend money. We know that McCourt didn't want to pay $1 million to get CC Sabathia over here. So we, we've been insane. through that. We know that. Yeah. So it, it's it's the team's owners. That's who you blame. Well, you know even what? Then, Artie Moreno had Shohei Otani for six years, and that dude made bags of money off of Shohei. Like whether he's going to publicly say it or not, he made bags of money off of Shohei, and they did nothing. So, and, I mean, granted, and they have Trout, they had Rendon, they did spend some money, but you're going to have that trio of dudes and just produce nothing? Like, come on, get out of here with that. Look, for all those capitalists who hate socialism, you guys sure do love it when the Dodgers spend money because that money, last I heard, I don't know the figure, maybe Canelo, you have it, how much money the Dodgers have paid into the slush fund that gets redistributed to the other owners in Major League Baseball. So I don't like the fans can complain all they want. I don't hear the if the owners do complain, they're crocodile tears because they are making money off of the Dodgers spending money. Canelo, yeah. am I wrong? Yeah, no, and that's exactly what the CBT was pretty much instated for. You know, the Dodgers are over the luxury tax. You know, we just saw the Mets. They had to spend, I think, $100 million to pay to the CBT, which goes to the other teams in Major League Baseball to make it more competitive. But, you know, it's like what Roger said. Obviously, if you own an MLB franchise, you are rich. Like, you have a lot of money to spend. Obviously, there's a little bit more into it than just, like, net worth because you got to look at the product that these teams are putting out there. The teams like that, like the Pirates, Tigers, and the Orioles until recently – they weren't putting a good product out on the field, so they weren't getting a lot of money in, and now they are. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that transition to see maybe the Orioles spend money. They've been rumored not to spend money now. They also have been rumored 
not to try to lock up their their uh, current young players right now as well. Um, I know around this area, the Orioles ownership is like pretty much hated by their fan base just for the things that they say. So um, it really is an ownership like thing for me when these teams don't spend money because you know, like Alonzo said, if you are a fan of any other team. You want your team to be doing what the Dodgers are doing. And they may be playing MLB The Show or something right now, but this is the dream offseason that the Dodgers have been waiting for. You know, we how many years have we seen them pass on past free agents? They've let players walk to build up to this point right here. Andrew Friedman has always put together a pretty competitive roster that could win the World Series year in, year and year out. But this was their mark to say, hey, we've been building up for this. We wanted Otani. We've been scouting Yamamoto. Let's get both of those players. Truth be told, at the beginning of the offseason, I didn't think they were getting both of them. I think it was either you chose one or the other. They ended up doing the unthinkable and getting both, which is why I think they're getting a lot of heat right now. Well, and let's also not forget Shohei deferred all that money. If yeah. that doesn't happen, I don't think any of this happens. And that's that's okay. But that's, I think, why people are pissed because I've had people text me that are like, oh, you asked him to defer. It's like they didn't ask him. Shohei proposed that. How often? I mean, first of all, I wouldn't have uh, the balls big enough to walk into any organization and be like, I need 700 million just to pull up. Number one. Number two, I also would not have the balls to be like, I only want 2 million of that per year for the first 10 years. And so, but, but the reason I'm doing that is because I want to win. But also he can afford that. Right. He can have because he's going to make bags of money off the field so he can afford it one way or the other. So for people that are saying that it's bad for the game, let's also not forget he made that same proposal to everybody, not just the Dodgers, to the Yankees, to the Giants, to the Blue Jays, everybody else. The Angels included and the Angels said no because they thought that the deal was unrealistic. What? Like, bro, <laughs> he's going to make you so much money. And so so for me, that's what that's what irks me the most, because. At the end of the day, the Shohei did that. He did not have to do that. He did not. And the Dodgers obviously were like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, if that's going to make it get us, you know, other pieces that we can win around you, let's go. But I can't, I just for the life of me don't understand how they can sit there and hate on it when, like, the Pirates owner, for instance, I mean, that all those dudes do is just trade. That's all the Pirates do. They trade prospects every year. The, the Baltimore Orioles, I feel so bad for that fan base because that ballpark is cool. That vibe is cool there, but the, the I forget Great. the name of the family are their dog shit. And the, the Rockies, the D'Angelo's, the Rockies, another organization, cool ballpark. The vibe is cool. The the ownership is dog shit. And so, so at the end of the day, like this is what I would want my team to do. And now your Raiders are also spending money, Juanito, but it didn't it didn't pan out great. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're still spending money. There, there you go. Uh, before I get to Francisco's uh, super chat comment. Uh, we do have a fashion question that Louis Rasky has for La Princesa Picolandia. Uh, Louis, uh, you guys do a great job. Princesa, do you like Brandon Gomes' no socks look? Uh, I don't know if you were aware of his no socks look today at the press conference. Can you explain for those of us that are not fa uh, fashionistas, Juanito? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll have the princesa. She, she's her. Uh, she's more. She's the most fashionable out of all of us. That's true. Um, I don't. I can't tell you that I paid too much attention to the no socks look. So, I don't have a response. I mean, as long as it's not distracting, like Walker Bueller's tight pants, I have no <laughs> comment on it. 
It's all good. <laughs> so, princess, if a guy walks up to you in a bar wearing no socks and says, my socks match the color of my underwear, is that a good pickup line for oh, you? Or are you doing a hard eye roll like you just gave me? Right? <laughs> that escalated quickly. That's so funny. Sounds no. like an organized guy. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <clears throat> it's not the socks for me. It's the the quality of the shoes. And I don't mean they need to be expensive. It's how you take care of the shoes you're wearing. That, that so they can't be all scuffed up and, and yeah, or like like laces all chewed up and dirty. And and again, I'm not saying they have to be expensive. That's not a deal breaker for me. It's just you can tell a lot about how a man takes care of himself by the condition of his shoes. That's all. Good to know. You guys taking notes? <laughs> uh, Francisco Avila with another super chat contribution. Thank you, my friend. Four ninety nine. Dodgers pitching is going to be good. My concern is the bats, especially the outfield position. Any info on position players? Uh, I know, Francisco, you also said that, that you feel the pitching is going to be good this season. You are just concerned about the bats. And I think that's just the trauma that the Dodgers are talking about. They can't just depend on Mookie, Federico, and Otani. Uh, I'm going to couple this question with Richard MVP's question in terms of what the Dodgers, who are the Dodgers signing next? Again, I want to preface this, guys, with the roster, the 40-man is full. So they technically can't sign anybody until they make room on this 40-man roster. So, Canelo, I'm coming to you. Is it a position player that they're going to go for next, or are they still going to focus on pitching? And I say this because of this crazy rumor that went out there a couple of days ago with Classe. Classe from the the Guardians, and uh, also all of a sudden Shane Bieber being thrown into that trade rumor. Canelo, what direction? Who? What kind of player are the Dodgers signing next? Yeah, you know, if I had my way with it to kind of see what they really need to do with the roster, I think I agree with the question. You know, I think the pitching is actually fine the way it is. Yes, there's some questions there about the health. There's questions about. Will Yamamoto translate? But I'm with Alonzo 100%. I think this guy's going to translate just fine in the MLB. Um, he will be the Dodgers' one or number two starter. You got Tyler Glass now. Perhaps Walker Bueller won't begin the year, but he will be there eventually. Um, and then the Dodgers' minor league depth that can fill in those innings until some of these guys come back um, is more than enough to at least get them to October. Um, I do think they need to kind of figure out the outfield situation a little bit. Moving Mookie Betts to a full-time second baseman does neglect some of the outfield holes that we now have. Like, I love James Outman. He's a friend of the show. But there has been some tendencies to show that he does need to improve in his game a little bit, especially with the strikeouts. He's, he's still going to hit you home runs. He's not going back. <laughs> he's still, he's still he's going to hit you home runs. Um, but Manuel Margot kind of platooning out there doesn't really – like light a fire in me, Jason Hayward. I mean, you're hoping that he can do whatever he did last year, at least to some level that doesn't really like put a lot of faith out there for me as well. Um, so I think they do need to kind of figure out what they could do in the outfield, whether it's free agency or a trade um, going off the rumor that was been pretty much going around Twitter. I believe yesterday, it makes a lot of sense because um, it fills a lot of the Dodgers needs that, they kind of had the offseason with Shane Bieber filling in that starting rotation. And then it kind of goes with the rumors that we've been hearing and we've kind of talked about on the show in the past couple of weeks where it seems for whatever reason, 
they're really interested in the back end bullpen um, depth, specifically a closer. You know, I, I wrote an article about the interest in Josh Hader, and now it's Emmanuel Classe from the Guardians. Um, if it's up to me and they want to pull a trigger on this trade, I'm 100% for it. Um, this fills a lot of what the Dodgers needs. It gives them a strong bullpen. It gives if they're able to keep Kyle Hurt on the team, Evan Phillips and Class A, put him that back there as your bottom three. That is a lights out bullpen. And Shane Bieber, while he's not a one or a two anymore, the Dodgers could take him on and his $12 million salary and slot him in as the fourth or fifth option. That rotation, the Dodgers would go from a 2023 rotation that was destroyed by injuries to probably, arguably, if they get Bieber, that would be the best rotation in baseball, in my opinion, just with pure stuff. And then you get, hopefully, a guy who can stay healthy um, throughout the majority of the season. Um, But even if he doesn't, if he gives you 120 innings, you'll take that out of the fifth starter because you're banking on these other guys giving you more length as well. So um, if it was up to me and this rumor has any validity – I would do it. Prospects are awesome to have. You can replace them. You got to get rid of some of these guys now. Um, and the Guardians, what's one thing that they've been looking for recently, especially the trades that they've made? They need offensive and they need young, controllable offense. And the Dodgers have a lot of names you can pick up, whether it's Vargas, whether it's Bush, whether it's Andy Pajes. Like, go ahead, take your pick. The Dodgers are in a win now mode in the next three years. This pretty much gets it done. Uh, Alonzo, there there was a rumor, and I don't know how true this is, that the Dodgers are thinking of giving Michael Bush another shot in spring training, that another rumor that the struggles that Miguel Vargas had last year are going to help him this year. Don't the Dodgers owe it to these guys to just trade them and give them a realistic shot to make a team, get a starting, play a crucial role for another team, and would you package these guys for a deal for Class A and Bieber? Or who do you think the Dodgers should be focusing on on their next signing? I mean, I think I, I think Cinnamon's right. Like going out and, and getting out a Class A and a Bieber, again, I mean, he's not – he's Shane Bieber's not the Biebs of old, right? But, I mean, he's fortifying your rotation. And I still am of the party that I think whether it's this year or looking ahead to 25 – they're going to have a six-man rotation. They have to. And a part of that is, is is to, you know, to avert injuries, but also because a Yamamoto is so accustomed to throwing on that road, you know, the, the Japanese rotation of every seven days. So it's going to take a minute for him to adjust, you know, to this level. But then, I mean, for me, prospect-wise, you're 100% right. Like, prospects are all nice. Like, I, I love having all these collectibles, right? But if someone were to say, hey, I'll give you $50,000 for all of these collectibles – I'm going to have $50,000. Like I'm going to take the 50,000. And so I, I'll even go one step further. If you package a Diego Cartaya, a Michael Bush and, uh, and, and a Miguel Vargas for that deal, I think that's a fair deal. And I think that's a deal that would make a lot of sense that, that both sides would do because it also eliminates some of the log jams, right? I saw that story about Michael Bush and, and you know what, man, I feel bad for the guy because it's not that he's a scrub. It's not same with Miggy. They're not scrubs. They're not, you know, bad. I think kind of like Cody Bellinger, they need a, a, a fresh new scenery, right? And, and and that's not a bad thing, you know, if they go into another, you know, another system to kind of reinvigorate themselves and kind of have a different perspective and do the thing. Because I do think they could be major league, you know, quality players. 
I just don't think that their time with what the Dodgers are building is is now because the Dodgers are, are in a different echelon of what they're trying to do, right? And so, and, and I mean, again, fortifying the outfield is, is an important thing. I, I agree also with Cinnamon that, I, I mean, listen, Manny Margot is not a scrub either, but I if, if I'm going to win a chip, I don't think he's the guy that I want out there platooning the outfield. So they're going to have to make a move there. But, you know, I, I do feel bad for both of those guys and Cartaya because Cartaya kind of regressed a little bit last year. And, and I don't think he lost his value per se because he does have a lot of upside, but he had a hard transition with the promotion. So why not give him a shot? Because at the end of the day, you also have two other catchers that you're going to have in your system waiting there anyway. So if there's a log jam, avoid the log jam. We, let's not learn. Let, let's learn from our mistakes of the past where there was an outfield log jam when they had Young Jock, when they had Cody, they had Yasiel Puig. And had all these cats down there, but then they just wouldn't let them play. Let, let me, if, if you're going to move on, move on to get pieces to win now. Penitenza, come on in here. Oh, I just, somebody at the same time that Alonso was making his point, IV, feeling bad for Vargas. He lost his playing spot, his number, and a Porsche. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can get a guitar in Cleveland, so. <laughs> <laughs> Princesa, you, you know, we've talked about this a lot in terms of reunions. There's a lot of former Dodgers that fans want to see. Kike is a famous one. But there's another rumor that just came out this week that I, I thought was interesting. And I don't know if there's I any Cody's already shaking his head. No. Any validity to this. But Hinjin Ryu, would you want to see Babe Ryu back in a Dodger uniform, Princesa? I mean... I see the nostalgia and I see where that could come from because of the obvious um, attraction to, you know, the Japanese market, the Asian market and where, you know, this team is headed. And again, how many times have I said that the Dodgers are so global, but I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised to hear that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to probably get hate for this, but I was a U Darvish fan. I did not want him to leave. So if we're going to start, you know, starting rumors. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, there it is. Don't worry. That one will get attributed to me. Uh, Canelo, I, I seem to have offended you with the Hinjin Ryu. Is that the name you thought I was going to bring up? Or were you memeing yourself uh, under a different name? <laughs> no, yeah. I definitely saw the rumors that you saw. I actually have an article I'm going to post tomorrow about that as well, kind of going over some left-handed starters that the Dodgers could look at. But, you know, Hinge and Ryu, looking at it, you know, it's like, cue up the reu reunion music. You know, we're bringing back everybody. We're going on another championship run, boys. Let's go. Get in the bus. But he's had a lot of health issues. You know, since leaving the Dodgers, it seems like everything went wrong for him. You know, you had the 2020 pandemic year. Then he gets his second career, Tommy John. And then the past two years, he's only pitched, I believe, like, I think under a hundred innings um, and he's had an ERA hovering around like three and a half to four. That's not specifically what you want. He only made a few starts in 2023, had a respectable, I believe 3.46 ERA, but it was only in 52 innings. So that's only a couple starts right there. Um, If they're not going to bring Kershaw back as the injury plagued left-hander, I mean, I guess Ryu could be that option, but um, there was also rumors that he may go back to Korea. Um, but it seems like he wants to at least get another shot at an MLB club. Um, it really depends on how the Dodgers could get a deal done. Does he want to sign a minor league deal? Probably not. He would probably just go back to Korea at that point. But 
if the Dodgers are going to give him a deal, it has to be, I think, forget who put it out. It may have been like Howard Cold replying to me in, in a tweet, but he was saying that it has to be like under 10 million. Like it has to be like, you can't give Ryu a one year, anything over 10. Cause it's just not worth it at that point. Um, I want to get back to the comments since we're going to be wrapping up pretty, uh, pretty shortly, but Quattro kind of lame that Shohei didn't give a little English introduction to the Dodger fans like Yamamoto did. Uh, Dave Luna, Dustin May is sadly probably a reliever now. I don't think he's a needle mover anymore. Um, Dave Luna, it's not any consequence if Dustin May comes back in 24. I, I think that's a luxury that the Dodgers would have if Dustin May came back. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, again, more people don't let Dustin May pitch in 2024. Um, when Yamamoto Quattro, here we go. When Yamamoto first opened his mouth and started speaking English, my jaw dropped a bit because I couldn't believe Shohei couldn't do the same. Wow, you guys are yeah, yeah, you're you're coming after Shohei hard. We oh, we hey. talked. To, I was know. shocked, but I'm not coming at Otani. I yeah. was a little shocked when he when he started talking. I was like, oh, all right. Uh, let's see. Hey, Jr. is in the chat. Uh, let's see, LC. Uh, I, I think you're referring to Kershaw when you say he never got run support when he pitched in the playoffs. And uh, because I did see Dennis Gonzalez uh, with the whatever happens with Kershaw, he's our pitcher emeritus like Koufax, P.S. Fuck Don Mattingly. Yes, sir. Uh, I heart that comment. Um, before we wrap things up, guys, I do. I saw a lot of this and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. There seems to be a lot of hatred towards this Dodgers Nike jersey, the one that they had Shohei put on at the press conference and now the one that Yamamoto put on. Princesa, I'm coming to you. Have you seen this jersey? Did you notice anything? Okay, there, Babyface has got the picture on here. Do you notice anything different in the back of that jersey, Princesa? Well, because I read Panelo's article I am aware of the differences. I did not know this was a thing. I apologize. I too have been sick. I'm a little behind on my Dodger uh, fixing, but um, great, great article, Cody. And I just, I trumped this up to, you know, Nike's about making money and I am a romantic. I don't want the Dodgers to change anything, but greed is a hell of a drug and I know it's inevitable and they're going to make their money. They're going to change the jerseys. So I, these are, I have to pick my battles. So no, I don't like the changes, but it's inevitable. What about you? What say you Alonso? You, you're deep and thick in, in, in this uh, world. <laughs> yeah. Alonso, can you do me a favor? Can you explain the differences that have really got everybody's feathers ruffled? Oh, so I'll be honest. I, I don't know the differences. I don't read the Jersey stuff until like the beginning of the year, because usually whatever they're putting out now, it may not be the finished product anyway. Like we saw people were mad as hell, like with the Lakers and the Celtics doing the patches, like in the NBA. And we didn't know what they were going to look like until the season came about. So I'll be honest, old man, you know, screams a cloud because either way, I don't think it matters because no matter what people are going to buy the damn Jersey. Like it's not going to change anything, but Nike, I mean, Nike always makes subtle changes, but they're, in my opinion, they're not like, like, a, a, just cause I have it on here in the, in the foray, like the USC Jersey, right? The USC Jersey really hasn't changed in like 40 years or something like that. And so Penn state, another kind of blue blood, right? They haven't changed it, but I mean, the only thing that'll, I mean, if it's a subtle change, eh, like I'm not going to like die on a hill. 
I'm still a majestic guy, if I'm completely honest with you. I don't like how the Nike jerseys are cut. I mean, granted, that was during Thank my you. time in baseball. I, like the, the closet here to my right is just filled with majestic jerseys that I accumulated over the years. And then when you touch like and even put on the Nike ones, I don't like how they feel. That, I mean, that's just been kind of my from the beginning of it. But I'm not going to sit here and complain about it because if I mean, if you know, if there was a Nike Valenzuela jersey, I'd buy it. Princessa, come on in here. Um, so I'm sorry, you did ask what the specific changes are. And again, in Cody's article, make sure you go and check it out. He gives the detailed. But the one thing that stood out to me, and please tell me if I got this right, is where the the Dodgers logo, it's the O versus the D? No. Yes. Yeah, so with the old cut, the cut where the jersey's buttons are was where the O was. But now with the new Nike oh. template... It's where the D is. And apparently, I, I got this all from UniWatch, who, you know, obviously in the name, this is what they do. And <laughs> they kind of went into it. Every MOB team has to kind of go into this new template, which is a lot more tighter and compact. So teams like the Dodgers were offered to say, hey, do you want to have it still cut where you had it before? If so, you're going to have to either shift it to the left or to the right. And the Dodgers decided not to, but a team that did decide to was the San Francisco Giants. And you can actually see it broken down. Um, I can have this video probably somewhere. It's on my Twitter, but it basically goes with Jung Ho Lee's jersey. And you can see the Giants entire thing is shifted slightly, like maybe like an inch. But like when you compare the old jerseys to these jerseys, it is drastic. Just like the Dodgers one this year. Like if, if you looked at it, like I didn't really notice until people started bringing it up. Where I was like, it something did do did look a little off with the jerseys. And then just like in my article, like highlighting it, no one really truly knows if this is actually the new authentic jersey template because Nike has offered a new version of their replica jersey for you have the base one which doesn't have like the red number or the LA on the side. That's like the $130 option. Then you have the new one that's $175 that has the red numbers and the LA logo, but it's not fully authentic. A lot of people are assuming that's what Otani was wearing, but that's the one that uh, Yamamoto was wearing today too. And it looked pretty authentic to me. You know, the Nike, they like to get cheap with a lot of the stuff. A lot of the stuff is ironed on the jerseys that they, these guys were wearing. They were fully stitched on front and back. So I think this is the new template from all the new teams that are kind of the diamondbacks are a great example. They, they just went through a whole new uni change again. Um, and they showcased it and they had this whole new template that Nike's doing. So um, it's just a way for Nike to cut costs on manufacturing. Every MLB team has the same template. Now they can sell those all cheaper, get them out faster. So it's just something we're probably gonna have to get used to. So is the Giants one, is it not centered? Did I understand? Yeah, it's not centered. It's okay. not centered. Yeah, so the Dodgers were offered it, but they decided whoever's in charge of like all of that, they were like, no, we don't want to off-center the logo just because the Dodgers are kind of in a unique situation where the logo kind of goes from pretty much like one armpit to the other armpit. So right. if you move it slightly, it would look extremely off. But like a team like the Giants, you could just shift it a little bit and you wouldn't really notice. Um, the teams that really benefit are the teams like the Diamondbacks or the Detroit Tigers where they just have the emblem on one side of the chest, so it doesn't really impact much. It's just really the teams like the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Giants, 
the Cardinals are a big one. It's just teams that have the insignia across the buttons. Just, also, can I get a fuck the Giants in the chat, please? Thank you. <laughs> uh, Princesa, you're going to come in? Oh, um, the numbers in the back are smaller as well, yeah. right? Which yep. Oh, they're smaller. Okay. Thanks, and, like, yeah. yeah, Roger <laughs> brought it up too, is that the curve is like drastic compared to the old ones. Like you can kind of see the Bellinger jersey and the Kershaw jersey I have in the back. There's like no curve at all with the the old template, but if you look at Otani and Yamamoto, that yeah, you can it's see like it. a crescent like the, moon the right there. Point, so in this Yamamoto one, you can see it pretty good. Yeah. Like and the name like itself the- is smaller too because what they did is they dropped the MLB logo, like almost like four inches down from the collar to like the back. I mean, I don't way, know I'm, why. I, mean, I don't I'm know. Like, why. Oh yeah, I'm looking at Otani's jersey. I still right bought an Otani jersey, so I mean, like, I'm gonna have to get used to it. Well, <laughs> like you said, they're still gonna make money. They're still gonna yeah. buy it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> capitalism uh, is com- capitalism. Sorry, one. This has uh, this has gone to the top of the leaderboard on comment of the night. Dave Luna uh, had Alonzo said, "Let's call a spade a spade." Yet my drinking game is ruined. First Dave time. Luna, I I love that because the ghost of Al Davis always used to say that to me too. He loves when Alonzo says, "Let's call a spade a spade." Sir, you have the floor. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you. I mean, that's just the reality of it. However, I will <laughs> say that the Uni Watch thing is kind of weird. I'm just because I, I'm a soccer fan, like of European soccer and like Mexican soccer, not like in MLS where they don't change their jerseys. They change their jerseys every season in Europe. They change their jerseys every season in, in Mexico. So I I think it's kind of weird. But then again, I what do I know? I just have a bunch of jerseys hanging behind me. All right, let's end the show with this one, guys, because someone had talked about Miguel Vargas's Porsche being taken away. Well, Otani gave a Porsche away. I don't know if you guys saw the video um, that Otani gave uh, the ambassador of the Bleed Nose podcast wife, Ashley Kelly, a Porsche. And it was as a reward for her trying to recruit him over here. Princesa, um, you you would take that, right? Uh, If you're Joe Kelly, do you sit there and go, hey, Otani, you making a move on my lady? I mean, what's the deal with a a Porsche here? (laughs) Okay, calm down, Novella. It's not even like that. It, it is awesome. And way back... In the- Look, I'm saying it for all the toxicos on the chat. I, I know. She, she, called you, she called you Novella. <laughs> <laughs> Look at... I, I know and I get it and I understand. But I just... Remember how excited I was at her campaign? Her campaign mm-hmm. was... And as somebody who like believes in the experience of the Dodgers... You brought this up, Juan, in the beginning of the live, how Otani is just different being a Dodger. It, and this is a great example of that. I mean, he didn't do these things. Did he, ha- did he not have a reason because the Angels are who they are? The Dodgers are just a completely different universe. So... But, but here's the thing, Princesa. Maybe he did do it, but because he was in the witness protection yeah. program, yeah, exactly. we didn't see it. Yeah, you're right. You're right, but... I just, I love that he's embracing. I love this gesture of showing up or rather sending a Porsche to the Kelly household, surprising her. And I don't know if you all have seen it. You could go on Instagram. Um, Mrs. Kelly, um, Ashley. Yeah. The yeah. video's there where they're like, she opens the door and I believe it's Joe Kelly, our yeah. friend of the carne asada, recording it. And he has to explain to her because she's like, what is this Porsche doing in front of my house? And he's like, from Otani, <laughs> like just so like, you know, like he said, I don't know, flowers. 
I think it's freaking awesome. And I'm if this is what we're going to get from Shohei, I'm all for it. I love that he's a Dodger already. We haven't even started playing spring training, nothing. So I'm very excited. And she deserves it because her videos were awesome recruiting Otani. She helped yeah. a lot. Ya, ya vamos a empezar con cosas. In the chat, Adrian Rodriguez. Otani wants someone else's vieja. There Cuatro. Otani needs to stay away from the Latinas in L.A. He will get unfocused. Get on Dennis up. Gonzalez. Anaheim is the capital of the witness protection program. Why? <laughs> I, I mean, look, if Otani embraces the, the Cholo culture, I think it's just going to explode. Uh, I don't know. Like that, That's like a real thing in Japan. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys... They are oh, yeah. big admirers uh, of it's the Cholo culture, true. like Canelo is, right? Canelo, um, I don't. <laughs> it, it, it is funny because I'm not going to sit here and say Ashley uh, Ashley Kelly's campaign is what closed the deal, but if you're someone getting wooed, would that actually register to you? Like, what the hell? This guy, they're, they're going all out to try to get me. Is this maybe what Yamamoto was talking about? when he said, you know, they really wanted me to be here? Yeah, I mean, like, everybody's buying in. Like, I think the Dodgers and their families, like, like you have to understand, like, we see them as players, but they are people, too. They have everybody that comes along, their families, their wives, their children. So, it is a, it is a family thing. It, it's a family business. You know, everyone's buying into the Dodgers right now. Obviously, if you're living under a rock, maybe your wife doesn't care and you're a, a player on the team. They know that this is a current championship window. They want to bring these players in because at the end of the day, the more mo- the, the longer you're in the playoffs, the more money you're getting from that playoff pool. So whatever your salary, add that in on top of it as well. But um, I just think it goes to show that especially um, how passionate the Dodger fans are, the families of these players are equally as passionate as well. You know, I've been to a couple of Dodgers f- games um, and I've seen actually some of their family members just actually there, like just watching the games day in and day out. So um, that's it's it's always great to see. But in terms of the Porsche, you know, Otani, he's probably getting a little bit of money for the marketing because he is a sponsor of them. Um, but yeah, it, it's a nice look. Um, it's a great like read, like to get people's attention. But um, I definitely think Otani is grateful that he's in the Dodgers, and he 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 did mention he saw the video, so it's just in paying respects, I guess. Pablo, I want to give you a, a point here because uh, that had crossed my mind. So Pablo says, start calling Canelo Miklo. I was originally going to baptize him Miklo because he was either Miklo or Pac-Man from Colors. But I figured a lot of you are young kids and probably don't know those references. Um, but uh, we, we like Canelo. But if you guys want to go ahead and, and, and change it up. Uh, look, the man in the streets is known as Canelo now. I think we'll just be confusing people if we say uh, Miklo. Um, uh, the ghost of Al Davis. Has anyone else noticed the Otani murals that come up in every city? Yeah. Uh, Alonzo, I know that our friend, well, Babyface, correct me, Jonas made one. But then there's another one that is a King's Dodgers mural that not only has Otani and, and Mookie, I mean, I, I, Alonzo, I got to ask you this, and I want you to call a spade a spade here. Um, we're just scratching the surface, right, on this Otani thing. Like, it is going to be huge, is it not? Bro, this is week two. <laughs> like, we're not even into, like, month one. 
We're not even into spring training yet. And there's dude. already a mural up of the guy. Yeah. So imagine what's going to happen if he wins a chip. Yeah. Like there's like this is honestly high key kind of what I hope uh, Joseph Kelly does. I hope. I mean, because he can afford it. I'm not going to virtue signal Joe, but give the man a low rider. Like, just give him a low rider and then have money actually show up to his house, wherever he lives. And I don't know where he lives, Natani. Uh, I mean, when you're in the witness protection program, it's hard to find where someone lives. What was what was that, Alicia? Sorry. He lives in Newport Beach. Have the mariachis pull up to Newport in a lowrider, <laughs> 64 Impala, something to that effect, with an Altani mural on the back of the Impala. And there okay. we go. I just uh, commented in the comments, Alonso, were like this. Yeah. Why don't we get That's this boy with friend of the carne asada, Jimmy Umilde, to hook? <laughs> he has one of the baddest lowriders ever out there. It's like the city of LA, his lowrider. Let's get him on in on this and gift. And you know, you know, Jimmy's a huge Dodger fan. He's he's got the best seats. He's got his own parking spot at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> well, and, we, we we got the connections. Let's get well, this thing. Listen and with a pull up with a mariachi, maybe even a taco cart. If you're feeling super generous, Joe, like, I mean, you got to give him the, I mean, because apparently this dude has not been in Los Angeles this entire time. So you might as well give him the full effect. Um, but also to piggyback on, on the original question back to Alicia, bro, if, if so, listen, my wife does not like sports. She thinks all the shit that I do for work is dumb. But at the end of the day, like he said, Hey, are the bills paid? Like, are we living good? Okay, cool. But if my wife got a Porsche out of it, I would not be upset. The first question I would just have is, are you also covering the insurance payment for the first year? <laughs> not, we'll, have, we'll figure this out, right? But, but I mean, if I'm Joe Kelly, I can afford the insurance on it, right? But yeah. I mean, it's like, like no, like none of that novela shit. Like, no, like get out of here with that. It's a free Porsche. Juan, what would you do if Wendy got a free Porsche? Well, Wendy's the boss of me, so whatever she does, she, she you know, whatever she says goes. Happy life, happy life, my friend. And and with that note, uh, I do want to read Oscar Basulto, who has now baptized me with the new name. I am no longer the Prince of Darkness. I am the Prince of Novelas. So that's going to do it for... For this episode of the Bleed Lows podcast in vivo, uh, we want to thank you guys all for joining. This is going to be a reminder to you guys that we were nominated for Best Baseball Podcast. And I know that some of you guys have already voted. But if you guys are new and you've just discovered us and you haven't voted yet, they fixed the link so you can vote from your phone. And just make sure you follow us uh, either on X or on Instagram and look for the link. It's for the Sports Podcast Awards. Uh, we, we're up for it. Believe it or not, the, the little podcast that could has been named one of the top baseball podcasts in all of America. So we would appreciate your support there. And also if you spread the word and, and vote for us. You have seen su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis colegas, la princesa de Picolandia. Alonso and Canelo, or as some of you now want to make him Miklo and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. Bye. Cinnamon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.